Welcome to We Are The Watchers. This is episode 249, top of the day to you, Tom. Hi, Leah. G'day. Hi. What a fun quiz compilation last week. Yeah, that was very fun. Uh, it was it was uh, quite easy to do in that I randomly picked episodes and I know where the quizzes sit. They do. So easy. I'm like, that's, that's where they are. But they were fun listening back to them. Yeah. Because I stumped myself because obviously I'd forgotten the questions and the, didn't have the answers in front of me. So some of them were, were real doozies. Nice work. Still remember that Mick Jagger being Ned Kelly one though. Yeah, that's still weird. remember that one. Weird. We'll always remember that one. But there's a brand new quiz uh, for, for this week. Uh, it's a Matt Berry one. Ah. Yeah. I thought... Treat ourselves to Why not? some Matt Berryness of of all the situations. So that'll be lots of fun. Hopefully, there's a, a question about New York City. <laughs> Are you caught uh, up on season four yet? No, I've watched uh, uh, three episodes. Oh, it's I, just been so much to watch. I, I love that show so much. I'm when, behind I'm, on I'm, things. I'm happy to keep waiting to talk about it until you have caught up. Yeah, perfect. Lots of news. You you've you've got some yeah, from I've got a handful like the of news and I've got a trailer. past few days, which is really good. All right. Well, I mean, should we talk about the big one that's been around as of today? Yeah, that we're that everyone recording? seems quite excited about. You go on. You you all right? You say you say you September sixth, twenty twenty four. We mm-hmm. have confirmation that Deadpool three is coming along, which is awesome. We knew that they were going to do it, but didn't know when, and it wasn't announced or slotted yes. or anything like that. So uh, 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 Ryan Reynolds announced it in what at first seemed like an aviation gin ad. <laughs> I kept waiting for, for, for to bring back. Uh, but the, the real twist is that Hugh Jackman is involved and is going to be back as Wolverine. It's been well, a long time since he's been Wolverine. Well, I don't – they didn't explicitly say that he's going to be Wolverine. I would adore it if he's just playing Hugh Jackman. But didn't he say, like, oh, Hugh, can you come and play Wolverine one more time? Isn't that what he said? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I, or so, I could, something along I those lines. I could just lines. see them pulling some fast one on us and he's got to protect the celebrity that is Hugh Jackman. Or else, well, that's a good Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> see, my thought was it was going to be along the lines of a Brad Pitt cameo. Sure. It, it could very easily be a five-second thing to troll us. Yeah. I do love as well that that announcement was was made and then John Krasinski, he he tweeted it. Uh, wait, is this is this our movie we're talking about? <laughs> Which no one had any idea that he w- might be involved in some way and he's trolled both of them before as well. So I could see them looping in a lot of people and having a lot of fun here. It's going to be Deadpool's first time playing in the Marvel Universe proper, in the MCU proper. Mm. Okay. Because uh, the Deadpool movies were uh, in the X-Men universe over in Fox. Oh, geez, it's been that long since a Deadpool movie. Yeah, so I think huh. it was 2014 and maybe 16, 17, somewhere around there. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, he very tangentially in the X-Men universe, he gets Colossus and Teenage Negasonic War. That's right, that's right. Oh, okay. Well, that's exciting then. Lots, uh, but, and what a specific date! I know, so specific. I was just like, mm, okay, that's really going to happen. Because I'm so used to the past couple of years, them saying, "Oh, this movie's coming out now." Actually, no, it's not. Actually, no, it's not. Keep pull it, putting it off. But that really indicates that you got two years. 
you got two years, but also it, it feels like things are really starting to go back to normal, normal, normal. Yeah. Marvel, Marvel have a lot of films coming out. They've announced all that slate at D23 and all mm. this sort of stuff and Comic-Con and we know there's a lot coming down the pipe. So they, they've got to declare their things early because they've got to give each thing breathing room. Yeah, and pe- yeah, people need to be able to watch it in the f- in the cinemas, and then also f- to be able to watch it on Disney Plus before the next thing comes That's out. Right. And as ridiculous as it is, Deadpool being in the MCU proper yeah. means that he really needs to line up continuity wise because he's going to make all the meta jokes about oh wow I've known about mutants for years why are yeah. you guys only just finding it out about these X Men you know what I mean like yeah. he's got to comment on all that stuff that's happening there's got to be, he's going to make some joke about Peter Parker who's that or you know very <laughs> timely topical stuff. Well, that's very exciting. Mm. Speaking of exciting, everybody in the whole wide world loves Tom Hanks, I think, right? That's pretty true. He's writing a book. Oh, it's about time. I didn't actually know this is his second uh, book. He wrote one in the early 2000s. Did not know that had happened, but this one's going to be a fiction coming out May 2023. So whilst you're waiting for Deadpool to come the, the year afterwards, you read this book and it's partially kind of set in like the movie world. So it's called The Making of Another Major Motion Picture Masterpiece and it's going to follow this star-studded multi-million superhero action film and um, the humble comics that inspired it. Now, I didn't know he was a bit of a comic fan. but he is. He, Yeah, it, it sort of – you learn something new every day about Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It also feels like it's got a bit of a Marvel thing about it in that it's going to span over – lots of years yeah. including World War Two. so I'm kind of getting Captain America sort of vibes sure. as well so yeah I think that will be one to look out for because yeah. he knows a lot about the movie making world yep. and now obviously I found out he knows about comics so this 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 could have a lot of oh, knowledge cool. and depth behind him yeah and fun as well because he's a funny guy fun is great fun. nice Nice. Uh, one that made me go, oh, that sounds nice. There's an uh, adult animation series uh, coming that uh, Andy Samberg is starring, producing all, all sorts of oh, stuff yeah. behind the scenes. It's called Dig Man and it's about rock star archaeologists. <laughs> and I'm so into this idea. It's an alternate universe tale or something like this where uh, – Archaeologists are treated like the rock stars they deserve to be. And rocks. Well, Andy, dig in the rocks. Andy Samberg says when he was a kid, he thought archaeologists were the coolest people around. Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. So he wants to make an adult animated comedy that's about that in the style of Bojack Horseman. So it's they th- maybe think they're rock stars. I don't I don't quite it's, it's all very early stages. Various people from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and other parts of Andy Samberg's career are all behind, uh, involved behind the scenes doing voices and stuff. This awesome. is great. I, I'm also thinking now if if they think that they are the rock stars of archaeology but they're not and then I can imagine there's like the cool the cooler oh, archaeologist, you know, and they're like, hey, you think you're – how's your little dig going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's going to be good. Do we know where that's going to appear or they haven't announced it How, yet? I don't think I'm – It's so, so early. Very, very early. Yeah, cool. Things that are not that early is the realisation that human beings love true crime anything. Especially you broads. 
Yeah, I don't know why. Why is that? Because how to kill us. Ah, that makes sense. Poison. I'm just not very good at it. I've only of killing people. No, of, of listening to true crime podcasts. I mean, I've only listened to Serial, which was great. Sure, that's that whole story. The, but there was the way they told the story. It was confusing and and intriguing. But Dharma Jeffrey Dharma was mm. a horrible serial killer back in the 80s. I think. I think it's actually spanned from the late 70s to early 90s right. kind of thing. And uh, he he killed an awful lot of people, all blokes, I believe. Mm. Anyway, there's been a dramatization of it, yes. of, he, of him um, on Netflix, uh, Ryan Murphy behind it. And Evan Peters. Yeah, exactly. Love that, Took man. me a while to figure out who it was. I'm like, I know who that – oh, of course it's him, of course. He just looked different because obviously he's dressed up he's to be – good at doing that. Jeffrey Dahmer, but um, it has been one of the biggest audience launches, so the most amount of uh, viewing that uh, Netflix has had in in a fair while. It had 196.2 million people watching it since its launch, which was the 21st of, so about a week and a bit, about a week and a bit. This is at the moment, like they, they, they started talking about their ratings in a different kind of way, like reporting their ratings differently about June last year. Right. So since then, there's only been Squid Games, All of Us Are Dead, and season four of Stranger Things that have had a better sure. viewing than this. So, um, Ryan Murphy, he's got that power. What What can he do yet yeah, next? Because that it's not like they can have season two because it's a but, story that's happened. I mean – Ryan Murphy seems set out to make Evan Peters play all the worst people ever. If if that's going to get them money, intrigue and and more uh, more roles and 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 gigs, then why not? Why not? Go for it. I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's pretty full I'm on. I'm not going to watch it. Very full on. Like I've seen a lot of people sort of go, "Oh, um, it's a lot." Yeah. So they go into obviously some pretty gruesome details. Yeah. I don't need to see that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of gruesome details that yes. I wouldn't mind seeing. Yes. This I told you before there was one news story today that has me genuinely excited. Now, for a bit of context, I worked in an advertising agency for several years and we messed around with VR and AR. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, very different things. VR is putting uh, goggles over your head and putting you in a virtual world. AR, augmented reality, is the idea of holding up a screen and the screen puts something onto the world of what you're seeing. Yeah, like that Pokemon Go app that everybody was playing a couple exactly. of years ago. Exactly, that's augmented reality. So that's displaying something in the real world on a screen. Now, uh, theme parks have been trying to get things going with both of them for many years and we, we've seen various successes and not so successful stuff. But with augmented reality, uh, it's been a bit of a hurdle because to interact with it, you've got to put glasses on. And the second you put the glasses on, it breaks reality somewhat for you. So there's plenty of rides that are great, but that having the glasses on is that little thing that pulls you slightly out. Well, Disney have patented a new way of uh, doing augmented reality that doesn't involve glasses or you having to do anything at all. So there's a, a trick in magic called a Pepper's Ghost. Now, if you've ever been on the Haunted Mansion, then you've seen an awful lot of Pepper's Ghost. And Pe- Pepper's Ghost is basically... You've got the audience in one position 
there is a uh, piece of glass mm-hmm. that is lit in a particular way that the audience can't quite see the glass. And below the stage, we'll call it, there's uh, an image being projected onto a mirror that then reflects back up onto the glass and it appears as if it's floating in midair and it's not really there. That's how ghosts are done on rides. That's called Pepper's Ghost. They've found a way to basically do this with augmented reality. So now we're going to have 3D holograms. I didn't think that Disney were the one that was going to crack this, but they so clearly desperately want to be able to recreate Star Wars technology of having a hologram in the middle of the table. Oh, my gosh, that'd be so cool. That's where they're going. That's where this is going. It's 10 years from that at least. But this is a – like – what I because I follow patent things. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and this, this is cool. This is a genuine breakthrough of how we will consume uh, media, and it may lead to in. I know this sounds crazy, but in 15 to 20 years, we don't need a television screen at all anymore because you could just have something that sits in the floor and projects onto whatever wall you choose. Star Wars. We'd just be Star Warsing. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's crazy that it's going to come out of ride technology. That that this is going to be a, a, a genuine leap forward in 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 visual virtual engagement. Weren't you talking a couple of weeks ago about a whole new section in Disney World, Florida? Um, and nobody's quite sure exactly what's going to be yes. there. I mean, could this potentially be? Yes. So. Uh, if they can get this going. So they've, they've been messing with this stuff for years and the, the probably the most successful example of this is uh, a couple of years ago, Shanghai Disneyland opened mm-hmm. and they had a completely different version of Pirates of the Caribbean. And in one shot, uh, Barbarossa, who is Jeffrey Rush, is pirating, captain sh- uh, like captaining the, the ship and lightning strikes and the skin and everything dissolves off the body instantly and you see the skeleton, the undead skeleton that he actually cool. is in the film. And it's done through mixing projection, animatronic lighting, all this stuff at once. And it's amazing. The videos I've seen are amazing and your brain doesn't understand <laughs> how that was that. Yeah, like we accept it on a screen watching a movie, but we don't accept it when we're out there and we are part of this environment. That's it. So they're looking, it's not just we want to display things flat on a screen, but that's how can we use an animatronic Mm. and they're going to be able to have a cartoon bluebird sweep down and sit on someone's shoulder. Or Do you know what? Like Really nice. mm. Very nice. It has really cool applications as well, potentially for like how all the Star Wars TV shows yep. have been filmed against the green screen backdrop. If you can project what your CGI imagery will be for actors, can you imagine what it would be like to actually work against Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, and this also will then change how movies are made or TV shows are made in that the CGI is usually the one of the last things that comes in. Now all of a sudden it has to be one of the first you things now, that happen. You could use storyboard CGIs. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So stay tuned for mm. this. That's a developing story, but I, I don't like know that. how it's not huge news. I know it's very, very nerd and the techniques of it of, of is 
staggering. I can't wrap my head around all of it. It sounds like it's one insider article away from the rest of the world knowing yep. about it. But you heard it here first. I heard it here first. Thank you. Acme's number two customers, right behind Wiley Coyote. You're listening to We Are the Watchers. Uh, I just saw a couple of really quick. Quick little updates. Uh, Big Brother in the US has been renewed for its 25th season. I just, I wanted to say that because that's so That's a lot much. of seasons. Well like done. Like we've stopped and started it over here. I, I, I'd be hard pressed to, I would think yeah. we're not even at 20. I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. think. Uh, also, um, Mini Driver's going to narrate Netflix's The Witcher Blood and Origin spinoff. Cool. Which uh, I'm super excited about. And it's set thousands of years before the original series. So she's going to narrate in character, though we're not exactly sure who that character is. But, yeah, look out, look out for that. Nice. Uh, quickly, uh, the, the, the Jackass guys have said that, well, uh, Johnny Knoxville specifically has said that there's no reboot proper planned. However, almost everyone in the Jackass team is working on new projects together, separately, whatever. Potentially we're going to get new loiter squad, which is, you know, I loved that one, which is, uh, yeah. uh, Tyler, the creator, his spin-off show, where they're considering new Wild Boys, which is Steve-O and Chris Pontius yeah, going messing with animals, that. which is yeah. great. And one that has me super excited. So Danger Aaron, who's the guy that gets humiliated the most. Is he a new bloke? No, but he's always the youngest. So he, they picked on him the most. In the most recent one, if you've seen it, he's the one who goes in for lie detector tests and then, uh, how do I put this, can hardly bear it. Okay. What actually happens. Okay. So the guy that has bad stuff to happen to him the most, he's um, taking up pro wrestling and there's there's going to be a, a, a show following him. He does not have the body of a pro wrestler, uh, but I've seen him take a lot of shots to the nuts like an absolute champ so the dude can handle a bit of pain. Speaking of wrestlers, uh, I just found out yesterday that Luke Perry's son is a wrestler. Yeah. Had no idea about that. That's pretty cool. In a world that time forgot. We are the Watchers. Hey, guess what? What? I've got a trailer and a fun fact. Oh, my gosh. Both towing behind me now. The trailer, very briefly, it's coming on Netflix later this year. John Boyega and Jamie Foxx are starring in a 70s sci-fi comedy mystery. Oh, they that both, sounds cool. They both appear to be playing, I'll say, black exploitation pimp-ish characters. Okay. Uh, they uh, uncover a huge governmental conspiracy. Um, the film is called They Cloned Tyrone. <laughs> That's a good name. I like that more than I should. Uh, I don't know why I really like that. When you see that name against this trailer, you're like, all right, I'm in for this. <laughs> Potent- I, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a Shaun of the Dead thing, but it feels like it's that nice. of, two, of some characters existing within a completely different film. Mm. That's what it feels like, that sort of thing. Anyway, so stay tuned for that. I'm rather excited. But you've been very well behaved. Would you like your fun fact now? Yes, please. All right, hands out. Here it comes. Uh, I've been building a lot of Lego. I've been watching a lot of Lego. So I thought I'd give you a few fun facts from the Lego movie. Go on. Which was made here in Sydney. Yes. Uh, With the exception of unique pieces for the characters in the film, such as President Business's hair and his evil helmet, every Lego piece in the movie exists and can be used in sets. That's awesome. And that would have 100% been a very early on stipulation. Yes. 
Yep, that's a rule. Yeah. In order to add more realism to the movie, the Lego bricks have scratches, fading, and even fingerprints to make mm. the movie look like someone was manipulating real bricks in a stop-motion so cool. fashion. The bricks are also affected by their locations, with the bricks in the Old West realm being more dusty and faded from sunlight. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. And then one last fun fact that made me go, huh. uh, in Emmett's apartment, so Emmett is Chris Pratt, there's a poster for a movie called Na- Macho and the Nerd, which is the Russian title for a previous Phil Lord and Christopher Millimore movie, 21 Jump Street. Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, Macho and the Nerd. <laughs> Do you know Chris Pratt has the, he holds the record for most fictional characters in Lego form of any actor, even more oh, than Samuel he- Jackson? Is that because Marvel and Jurassic Park? So he's got uh, uh, Star-Lord, yep. Jurassic World, yeah. and Lego Movie. And I'm, sure, I'm sure there's something else in there. I forgot. Big too, characters. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How are there still so many bits and pieces of trivia coming from that film? Oh, Amazing. There was pages of trivia. Amazing. Pages. Good fun. Let's get into some watching suggestions. Got a watching suggestion? Email thewatcherspodcast at gmail.com. Tom, there is so much to watch lately. Isn't there? It's too much. All the good stuff has come out and I have now decided that I'm more than happy to let some of them slip every couple of weeks and do like a bit of a bank up watch, which is what I'm doing with She-Hulk at the moment. I haven't watched it. Sure. I think it's only. I think I've only missed one so okay, far. Okay, well, I think like, we're on five or six or something like that. Yeah, so I've decided that's fine. I'll, I'll watch two yep. later this week. More than happy for that to be a thing. I'm sitting down tonight when the new Andor comes, and I'm going to watch four. Bang, 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 bang. Proper movie. Well, why don't we speak about Andor now? Because I, I was hoping you would. I have watched all three. Yes. Uh, I watched them. I think I watched the first two in one go, and then I watched the third one. And geez, I saw some really positive stuff mm. online. People really like it, saying this is the most adult Star Wars there is. And when they say adult, they're not talking about adult sexy time stuff. They're just not going to see any Twi'lek boobs. Ah, you probably won't. It's not going to be like that. That three three breasted lady in, in Total, Total Recall. Recall. Baby, you make me wish I had three hands. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be any of that stuff. But uh, just yeah, people backstabbing each other, what's going on, everybody's got a, um, a a past and they're all trying to hide it. And I, Actually, I almost feel like I'm talking about a Game of Thrones sort of show, but it's really good. I've I'm been really told, I've been told so is it Tony uh, Gilroy who's directing it, I think? I don't think it's Tony Scott. I think it's Tony. Anyway, I'm sure it's Tony Gilroy because he was involved in Rogue One. He has said that he developed it as if it was not a Star Wars property that he wanted it to have a feel of a Sopranos or a Game of Thrones or a prestige television event that just so happened to be in the Star Wars universe. None of this swords, no uh, lightsabers, not to do with the Force. Same deal as Rogue One. Ordinary people trying to get by in a more than ordinary world. Yeah, and I think the fact that (laughs) – it's funny, I got to see episode three before I realised this is not Tatooine. This is actually – somewhere else sure. and I like that it's got a completely different feel to it and yeah I mean you know it's Star Wars but you also I don't even think I've seen a stormtrooper sure and they would be around now yeah yeah they would be because when's it when's it set it's pre-rogue one so pre-rogue it's pre one. so they're still I mean they're potentially still clones 
Well, well, is it is it during the period of Clone Wars? Oh no, it must be after because Clone Wars is the t- is is uh, just after Attack of no not <laughs> Revenge of, no no uh, what's Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith. So they're the definitely one. they're definitely talking about um, people uprising. Yes. So there's 20 years between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. Yes. And Clone Wars is only a couple of years after that. So this must be. I think this is five years before New Hope or something. The Mandalorian is... I think it's five years before Rogue One, which literally leads into New Hope. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it ends with the hallway yeah, attack. The, yeah, they, they're both, yeah, they both cross paths there. I need to watch that movie again. It was mm. very good. Mm. So this, this, this is great. Uh, you know Diego Luna is 100% on board because he's a producer. Like yes. He's, his name is, is up there. And uh, I wonder if this is the kind of thing... In hindsight, that you and McGregor wishes, sure. His um, Obi One thing was. I mean, I, I didn't mind it. I I, I quite liked Obi One. A I lot of people didn't. Found but it so boring, so incredulously boring. Well, there's enough going on here, leading up to stuff that I don't think you'll find it boring. Awesome. Yeah. I just want some different flavored Star Wars. That's uh, you know. Mm. Mm, well, this is exactly what it is. So Perfect. I'm very interested to, to hear what your thoughts uh, once you've had that nice binge. Yeah, nice. It's going to be good. Look, likewise, I'm going to throw out one that you can't watch just yet. I okay. think it's out next week, October okay. 7th. I'm excited. I want you to make a note for it. Yes. Uh, on Disney Plus, there is a Marvel Halloween special coming, Werewolf by Night. So this is this a Marvel comic? Yes. Okay. So Werewolf by Night is... A werewolf, clearly. <laughs> but this is Marvel's first horror, like true proper horror. It's all black and white. Um, mm. It's directed by Michael Giacano, who is the, the composer that, you know, he was composer on Lost and the composer of Incredibles. And this is his first wow. directorial thing. And it feels uh, like a Tim Burton thing. But it, it also weirdly reminds me of... Did you ever see the double feature movie Death Proof that uh, 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 Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did together? There was Death Proof and then there was fuck, whatever the Something other one was else. called. And they each had their own movie and then there were interstitial fake ads in between and one of them was directed by Edgar Wright. Ah. It was called Don't. <laughs> don't open that door. Don't look into that. Don't. 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 This feels like a full-length version of that. So it's... Old school horror vibes. I, I, I know that we're going to have quite a few monsters in that mix. Uh, I, I think we might be getting Man-Thing, which is hugely exciting. He's one of the most weird characters in all of Marvel. And uh, this is their first foray into horror and we should get some ideas of how Blade might go and things like that. Anyway, I'm just throwing it out there now because I'm very excited to talk about it with you. That's on the 7th. Yes. Cool. I've seen bits and pieces of it and, and I'm really intrigued by how this goes. Gail so, Garcia, uh, the one who, yeah, they he he, he was in a film with De- Diego Luna. I remember seeing Itumama Timbia, and he was in that. Gail Garcia Bernard. What were they? Yeah, um, I'm gonna say. Did did you say it? Did what? you say the name of this film? Itumama. Yeah, Tim, yeah. That was where I I saw and your mother too the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And. Gosh, they look young in that. They do. Well, they were very young. They were meant to be teenage boys who were hooking up with a, a, an older a slightly lady. Slightly older lady, 2001. Mm. So it was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. 
I've also been – I'm up to date with uh, House of Dragon. Sure. Or House of the Dragon. So there was a time jump? Yeah, we had a time jump this week. So we no longer – well, we, we had to say goodbye to Millie Alcock, who mm-hmm. is an Aussie actress, and in, in her place we have now got Emma Darcy, who's – I think she's English. And we've jumped ahead quite a few years. I don't, I don't know how much I want to say. Do I don't you, care. You don't care? Okay. So she's got three children now. Yep. All with dark hair, which is surprising because her husband has Valerian blood. Mm. And is also of the white-haired variety. So, oh, gosh. She's been fucking around. Yeah, just with one bloke and it's the worst kept secret in the whole Palace. In fact, I think only her Is father. It her brother? Doesn't, no, it's not her brother. Oh, look at Game of Thrones growing. They're trying, they're trying. But of course, you've got uh, Prince Damon there, who is. And now that's uh, Doctor Who, yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Matt Matt Smith is. He seems very angry. Yeah, he uh, the guy's got some problems. Think of Tyrion, yeah. but without the the good humor. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a lot of chip on his shoulder. Yeah, a lot of chip. All right, he was. He's the Prince Harry of this. Oh, okay, situation. he doesn't want to be involved anymore. You bastard. Well, he or does. I should like be, he should, I should be, be the king. but I'm clearly yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, thoroughly enjoying it. Great show, and uh, I'll be sad when all of these suddenly finish. I feel like I need to like save one of them to yeah, watch later, sure. but you can't because they're too big. People talk. I've watched any of them. I'll, I'll get You're to them. You're all right. Yeah. You're all right with that. Other things I've been checking out. Have you been watching Taskmaster? I have. Yep. Lindsay and I have been watching Taskmaster Go to Sleep, which is good. But uh, no, I, I've been rewatching Letterkenny again because you know I damn love Letterkenny. What's that, your third watch? Fourth. Fourth watch? Yep. Jeez. Uh, but I, I discovered there was a spin off series that I wasn't aware of, an animated four, uh, four minute episodes called Little Kenny. Wasn't worth it. Oh, that's a shame. It doesn't, doesn't work in animation. Mm. That's why they only did a short season. But I also went and checked out a show that Jared Kiso, who plays Wayne and he's also Shawzy on Shawzy uh, and created Letterkenny and all this sort of stuff. It was the show that he was on right before he created all of this and was bunk of having to work in the system. It's uh, There were two seasons of it. It's a Canadian police drama called 19-2 or 19-2, okay. and that is the district that he works in. Oh, okay. And he plays a guy who was top cop in a very small rural, like, northern exposure yeah, type right. town <laughs> who then gets transferred to the big city. In kind, like, It feels like maybe like Hot Fuzz if he was making everyone else look bad. But he gets sent to the big city and gets paired up with uh, a, 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 a guy who wished he was detective mm-hmm. uh, and his partner was recently shot. So he's going through horrible trauma and refuses to trust and this new guy is coming down with, I'm too good for this shit, why am I dealing with horrible city people? This It's, it's really cool to, um, to – it doesn't fit in the US sort of procedural – Standard yep, thing that yep, you would expect. I know. And the uh, internal affairs, uh, internal affairs department is yep. really important. And by the end of the first episode, key characters are already being investigated. That's that's good. That's a good hook. And to get you in, I won't. I've watched more than that, but I won't say more than that. In mm-hmm. that, where the where things go, I was not expecting that that was going to become the thing. I thought it was going to be dealing with case of the week thing, and instead, it's way more. How much of your soul do you sell to to save a fellow person's skin? 
It almost, am I right in thinking, it, it almost sounds a tiny bit Fargo but with less quirk? It, there's no quirk. Yeah. There's very little quirk. It's far more by the book and yep. this sort of stuff. Uh, half the cast of Letterkenny in it are in weir- weird roles or background things. Is that weird? Very weird because yeah. they all have different accents. So yeah. the guy that talks with a mumbly accent got talking like this. He speaks really clearly. And the weird part is, is there was a behind the scenes video of him practicing his real Irish voice. Oh wow! Oh, no, no. Uh, all this sort of like him just throwing out different accents and stuff. So it's it's cool to see these people that are within a very defined character. Yeah, and then especially Shawzy because you're exp- you're used to seeing Wayne squinting, talking very quietly, <laughs> very stoic. Then you jump over and Shawzy is big eyed, bright. It's cool to see how many of the people that he has on this show he came up with in other shows and then wrote a completely different character mm. for them. So it's almost like helping his friends break out of a stereotype. Yeah, good. But then forcing them into a much worse stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 19-12, uh, really enjoying it. The last thing I'll talk about is, uh, as you know, I, I have to – well, I don't have to. It's a choice. Yeah, I, I do a, a segment for ABC Radio every week and yes. I always have to – like I try and think of a theme for it and for some reason in my head I was like, Sean Bean. What a great theme. Sean Bean. So I watched uh, GoldenEye. Yes, 006. And then I watched a new thing that he's on or in called Marriage, which is a four-part series. And I can't tell if it's supposed to be a bit quir- – like, sorry, I can't tell if it's supposed to be a bit funny and a bit serious, but it's definitely quirky and it's, it is heavily laying into the – you know the comfortable silences that people – in everyday life have. You mean what that I call uncomfortable silences? Well, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, for example, if the, this marriage, married couple, if they're sitting having breakfast, he'll say, oh, you know, our, our daughter, I can't remember her name, Jess, I think, uh, she, call, she called me yesterday and the wife will be eating a piece of toast and There'll be that longer bit of silence that you're not used to in in TV shows, and that. What do we? What do oh, we? Yeah. What do we call that? Uh, we call that dead air. Dead air. <laughs> we can't take dead it. Air. It would never happen. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but the, these silences, and like for example, she the the wife goes over to help fix her elderly father's oven and it's not working, so she's just making him sandwiches that he clearly could make himself. Mm. And he's just standing there watching her and every now and then tries to start a conversation, but she's not having any of it because it was a wasted trip. So she's just very cut offish or just doesn't say anything to him. And I'm like, you don't see this in stuff. I this hate is the sound all of this. real. And it was only four episodes, okay. but it's not uh, your kind of thing. Uh, but I was trying to find uh, two two Sean Bean things that were completely different. Sure. Um and of course, you know, 006 is the classic. It's his rare, true heroic turn. Yeah, yeah, I love. I'm, I'm joking. It's the opposite. I know. It's, it's the complete opposite. But um, <laughs> it just reminded me of everything that you know Sean Bean is going to be in. And uh, dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does he die in marriage? I don't know. I haven't seen the last episode, oh, but um, maybe. Oh, I doubt he would. It's not that kind of show. We didn't record last week out of respect for the Queen. 
That's right. But I had a joke ready to go. Do you want to do it now to oh, week on? It's a bit on, but I'll still mention it. I watched that whole telecast, get her getting put in the ground and all that. Yeah, I watched most and of I it. I kept expecting the priest to be like, Mowage! <laughs> Mowage! Or, you know, some sort of yeah. novelty English priest yeah. voice. But we heard that song a lot mm. as they were wandering mm. um, down the, the streets. We were playing a game of Spot the Celeb. And we were pretty disappointed with the ones on offer. I did see Sandra O. Oh. Like, what the fuck is Sandra O? Oh I doing? heard that she was there. She's a big deal in Canada and like, oh, okay. and, and stuff. And so she's knighted in Canada or some I shit saw, like that. I saw Prince uh, Frederick. And we I saw went, a lot of Where's princes. our Mary? But we, we were we were playing a game of who's most unexpected to see. In she that crowd. would be the most unexpected, right? Who? Oh, Sandra O. Oh. She'd be the most. unexpected. Oh no, I'm talking like. Ricky Gervais. Oh, you saw him in there? No, 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 no. I'm saying imagine oh, who. yes, yes, yes. We sorry, playing, sorry, who, sorry, who sorry. Who would you not expect to see there? Like H from Steps. <laughs> or uh, Poe from the Teletubbies. I said, for context, I said Mr. Blobby, who mm. any English person is giggling right now because they know who Mr. Blobby is. Mm. Um, Katie Price. Katie Price. Lynn's threw out that as well. It's like, yeah, that'd be an odd one. Isn't it weird that my first thought was Peter Andre and I went, no, he he could be there. He could be there. But she wouldn't. No. I don't think. Yes, I did watch all of that. Not all of it, but most of it. I um, ruined the mood at home. Everyone was in a great mood. I walked in the room and said, we've got to put on the funeral. It feels like an important cultural event. And about three minutes in, I went, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> but we're all going to sit here and watch till the end. Yeah, you got to commit didn't. to it. We watched till they left and that was enough. Yeah, okay. Once they put it back on the horse-drawn carriage, I was like, all right. It's a long walk. It's a long walk. It was a really, really long walk. Do you want to have a short quiz? So much. So much. Let's move away from this heaviness. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, well, this is a good one because this is the Matt Berry edition. So I'm going to uh, give you the name of a Matt, Der- a Matt Derry, a Matt Berry thing. So I think they're all TV shows. Uh, no, there's a couple of movies all he's right. been in there. And some of them I've got either or and others you just you do you ha- you just have to tell me the character. Like okay. it's too obvious. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend to give you a couple of names when you already know. Okay. So this is the this is the first one. Like to ease you in. No options. What is Matt Berry's character's name in Toast of London? <coughs> I want first name. Oh, I was going to give you both names. Okay, do it, do it, do it. Clem Fandango. <laughs> no. Uh, toast. Mr. Stephen Toast. Stephen Toast. Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Jeez, I want to watch that series again. It's so good. Mind the gap. <laughs> yeah. Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap. <laughs> he was in the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. Mm. Was he either the voice of, obviously? Yes. Poseidon or Hades? Oh. I believe he was Poseidon. Good work. Yeah. Water. I, re- I remember. Yeah. That's, oh, you've seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. SpongeBob movies are really great fun. Like, oh, they're, they're really check, fun. Check them out. They're so bizarre. The first one, they they meet David Hasselhoff in the ocean and they need to get back to the beach and he throws them on their back and turns himself into a speedboat. <laughs> and it's live action speed, like live action. Is it the actual? 
David Hasselhoff pretending to be a surfboard while the cartoons jump on his back. The, I can't it's think of anything great. better. That is, that is really, really good. I don't know how I haven't seen this. Awesome. Good music. What about Disenchantment? The new one upcoming. Does he play? No, no, no. Isn't it the animated series? The, oh, the, yes, you're right. Sorry, I was one? thinking Disenchanted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, yeah. apologies. Oh, gosh. Does he play Lord Malfin or Prince Mercamere? Lord Malfin or Prince Mercamere? I feel he is a particularly royal man. And I don't know if he's going to settle for just being Prince He's a king in my heart. So he I'm going to go be. with king. Yeah. Well, he get yeah, Mercamere, Mercamere. And of Prince Mercamere. Oh, he's the prince. All right. Not the lord. Because lord's one down. Oh, yeah, down. you're right. I got it all mixed up there. Don't worry. You'll never well, have to think to about king. it again. What about the IT crowd? Douglas Reinholm or William Reynolds? Oof. I wouldn't have remembered, and I think I only watched, I rewatched the IT crowd maybe a year ago. Now, I do remember, but it annoys me because I'm forgetting what the original boss was. It's Chris Morris. And, it, it, and he had the exasperated look on his face all the time, where, where Matt Berry didn't. Yeah. Matt Berry exuded a bit more confidence. So it's Douglas. Yeah. Douglas is the character. Douglas, yeah, not William. No. Douglas is a better boss name, I think, yeah. for, for that character. One of my favourite uh, comic books growing up was Asterisk, obviously, because why wouldn't it be? Mm. There was a film not long ago, maybe 2015, something like that, called Asterisk and Obelisk, Mansions of the Gods. Now, this is the UK version mm -hmm. of the Because the, the French pump out an Asterisk film about every three years. And we don't get all of them. We, we get none know. of them. Was he Asterisk or Vital Statistics? Both real characters within the comics. And is this him playing or voicing? Voicing, just voicing. Mm. I don't think he could be voicing Asterix. He has to be called... Vital statistics. Uh, vital statistics. Exactly. It's too good, right? Final one. Book of Boba Fett. We were talking Star Wars before. Yes. Book of Boba Fett. 7P7 or 8D8? I'm going to go with 8D8 because correct. that's how they roll. Absolutely correct. And I also think that was one of his, um, even though it was a, just a voice, I think it was probably one of the least Matt Berry voices he's done. He had to keep it very monotone. Yeah. And it was weird because it sounded like he was doing an impression of Richard Ayoade yes. doing an impression of Matt Berry. <laughs> and in all honesty, that could easily be the case. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well done. You got – did you get all of them? I did because I am a, a normal human man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm going to go and watch some more What We Do in the Shadows. You know what my sign-off's going to be. Let's get to it. Okay. On that note, Tom, thank you very much. Bat! Bat!